You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, June 15th, and I'm having a beer while we record this because sue me. You don't pay me (laughs) anyways, Peter Apple. So I'm going to drink a beer and we're going to talk about the top 10 shortstops in baseball. How does that sound? Let's just make it more fun. Why not? Let's make it more fun, right? And, uh, you know, maybe by number one, I come up with this bold and brash claim that I didn't have now. So I like that. I like that. And you know what I like even more? My gambling record. It's phenomenal right now. We went 13 and 6 last week. We went 129 and 93 on the season so far, giving us a 58% win rate. We went 2 and 1 yesterday, had a beautiful Sunday. The stupid Giants blew it, but the Astros look phenomenal, even though we aren't the biggest fans of them, which we will talk about later on the top 10 shortstops list. And I just can't get over how good Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos are for the Reds. Nick Castellanos is having one of the best seasons in the entire league. And Jesse Winker is following suit right behind him. These two are having top five offensive seasons out of everybody in baseball, and they're on the same team, and yet the Reds are just – they win and they lose. They're just inconsistent right now. Hold on. I I didn't ignore what you were saying about the gambling or the Reds or anything about that, but you said the Giants screwed you. I'm like – I think I have my days jumbled up. That wasn't Gosman versus Fetty, was it? No. No, it wasn't. It It was Cueto. It was Cueto blowing it and Joe Ross having one of the best starts I've ever seen from him in my life. What the hell? Like, what's going and on the, with Joe Ross and those guys? The Giants were underdogs against the Nationals and Joe and Joe Ross with Johnny Cueto on the mound for the Giants. That felt like such a game that you have to jump on. But I think, so overall, the gambling record has been fantastic. But every single time I bet on the Giants, they lose. They're one of my biggest losers, even though they're 40 and 25. I can't figure them out for the life of me. I mean, keep betting on the Giants because I called them a fluke. So if you keep yeah. betting on them, then like <laughs> keep losing. We'll push them out of the NL West and they'll be in third like they should be. So easy peasy. I've also changed my mind on them a little bit. Yeah, me too. And I'll tell you why. I now think that they're a legit playoff contender and the Braves aren't showing anything right now. So right now, I have the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. I have the Giants and Padres making it out of the NL West. And you got to win the NL Central. You got to win the AL East. Or AL East. You got to win the NL East if you want to get in the NL playoffs, in my opinion. 
That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. I think so. The Cardinals are under 500 now, which is, yeah. it feels weird. And that still feels like a playoff team. Um, and yet I don't know why Zach Davies is spearheading a shutout on national TV. Like me neither. I don't know. A baseball doesn't really ever make sense. It certainly doesn't make sense right now. So that's that man. Um, but how about college baseball? How about how, how about college baseball? How about how fun this shit is, dude? It's so awesome. We've got seven tickets punched while we record. By the time this comes out, we're going to have the eighth punched. It's either going to be Notre Dame or Mississippi State. They play in game three of the Super Regional tonight. We're recording uh, late afternoon, 6 p.m. We're recording right now. But the seven teams that are in, Vandy, who against a really good ECU team just threw out Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter and got there in two games. Like, that's no big deal. Stanford, who is always the best in the West. Yeah. Tennessee, who is a force to be reckoned with right now. Definitely. Oh, my God. So, Andre Lipsius was really good for them. He's in the Tiger system, and now his younger brother is, is killing shit. NC State, who lost by 19 to Arkansas, yet somehow overcomes Kevin Copps, uh, the Wolfpacker in. The Arizona. Cutter. I don't know what to make of Arizona. And then the gold standard, uh, the Texas Longhorns are in. And then how about Virginia. Back to the wall time and time again. Stephen Shock and the boys. Andrew Abbott getting at it. Going to Omaha. I got to ask you this. Ty Madden on Texas. Yeah. Serious contender to go up there with the Jack Lighters and the Kumar Rockers of the world. He is disgusting. He is. And so is Abbott. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. And if you're not watching when they get to Omaha at the end of this week... F you. <laughs> Turn this off. The, How that's crazy better is than that? any major league game. I agree. How crazy is it that Arkansas beat NC State 21 to 2 in the first game? They looked like the favorites to win it all. And then they lost the next two games at home against NC State. Yeah. Screwed. Can we take a moment to appreciate Kevin Copps as a player? Yeah, the, the cutter. National pitcher of the year is a bullpen guy that like is a long reliever. Like, Yusmero you, you Petit is the national pitcher of the year. Like, yeah, on one pitch. <laughs> it's crazy. What it's Mariano-esque. It's Corbin Burns-esque. He looks phenomenal. It's Mariano Rivera-esque because he doesn't have another pitch, and he's just going to Yeah, it's more Mariano that. than Corbin because Corbin's got 12 pitches, and, <laughs> and this guy's just humming them in, humming them. It's crazy, and he's built like a tank, too. I mean, shout out to Kevin Copps for, for a hell of a career. But, I mean, this College World Series is going to be so fun. And all, like, my eyes are on Ty Madden. My eyes are yeah. on Andrew Abbott. My eyes are on Virginia um, as a whole, not just Abbott, but, like, Stephen Shock, too. And, like, those bats are exciting. And then, yeah, I mean, they're on the duo of Rocker and Lighter. Who's winning it all? Um, depending on, I, I think it's very dependent on how many starts rocker and lighter can make. I yeah. like, I think if you run those two as a one, two, like just it's shove them right to the final series, it's so tough to beat that team. And, and they've got some guys that, that can hit Enrique Bradfield is fun to watch 80 speed, like 80 plus speed. One of the fastest players I've ever seen on a diamond before. Yeah. He's so electric. Yeah. He's crazy. So I would. It, my gut is saying it's going to be Vandy or going to be Texas. Vandy or Texas? Yeah. Ty Madden versus uh, Jack Leiter. Can you imagine? Let's do it. 
Let's do it. But first, and the big thing everybody is waiting for, the honorable mentions. Uh, Jack, first, can we preface it? Because like we preface with every list is that 2021 is our landing spot. We're doing a lot of our analysis based off what you're doing right now. You'll see a guy like Brandon Crawford in our top 10 shortstops. Normally, he wouldn't even sniff the top 10 based on previous seasons. Just got an ESPN alert. I hope we hear that. And we'll say ESPN alert. New York Rangers reach agreement with Gerard Gallant as their new head coach. If you're a New York Rangers fan, whatever. I don't know Um, what that means. (laughs) Me neither. Let's get back to it. We, we start with 2021 as our landing spot, but we have to understand the track record is important. Yeah, Guys like Corey Seager and Trevor Story, although they've been injured, are going to make this list, obviously. Right. So it's not based solely off who just has the best 2021 stats. But guys like that may get a little bit ding, a little bit lower than they might normally would. So that's how we made the rankings, understanding track record. What, what about 20% of our rankings is about track record? Maybe even 25 I'd say 25-30. Yeah, I think it's probably close to that. Because, you know, Freddie Freeman, like, he's he is not statistically the best first baseman in baseball right now. But he is the best first baseman in baseball. But he's like, the best first baseman in baseball. It's also based on what we're watching, too. Yeah. I mean, some guys we understand are running into bad luck. Paul Goldschmidt comes to mind exactly. Yep. Like, obviously, Paul Goldschmidt is a top five first baseman. But if you look at his stats right now, he may not seem like it. Right, But that doesn't mean we aren't turning on the Cardinals game and watching Paul Goldschmidt line out to right field, hit piss missiles to center field and get caught and be like, well, there's not really a problem there. It's just he's going to heat up. And those advanced stats, we're looking at expected weighted on base average, but we're not going to talk about that when we rank them, but we're looking at that too and, and making, making good decisions. Right. And the reality is like, we're not going to throw a, a precursor and, or an asterisk like anywhere on this list. This is our list of, this top is the 10 list first baseman or top 10, <laughs> top 10 shortstops. Oh my God. I was thinking about Freddie Freeman. Um, but this is our list, the top 10 shortstops and, and hate it all you want. Right. So oh, we love it let's do the honorable mentions. And these are the guys that are, are 11 to 15. And the honorable mentions was probably the hardest part because, so hard. you know, you feel like you want to put 11 through 20 together and trying mm-hmm. to condense it to 15 is really hard. So the honorable mentions to the honorable mentions, guys that we had conversations about that just didn't make it were guys like Dansby Swanson, Andrelton Simmons, Freddie Galvis. Yeah. Those are three names where like, yeah, in, in one world, they are top 15 shortstops in the game. In another world, which is the world we're living in, like maybe <laughs> not right now. So I don't know. It just, it just kind of varies. But um, I'll roll through the honorable mentions. Let's roll through the honorable mentions. Javi Baez is our first honorable mention. Straight away, he does not make this top 10 list. The marketability is just so there. He's so much fun, but the strikeouts, the stubbornness with pitch selection, swinging at that slider low and away time and time again. How about the lack of defensive consistency right now among the tops of the position in errors committed? That's what's holding him out of the top 10. And quite honestly, it's what's going to make this offseason of negotiations that much harder for Javi Baez. He's not going to get paid the way that he would have gotten paid if not for the early goings of 2021. Can I say one thing? 37.6% strikeout rate right now. That's just unbelievably high. Even in a world where guys are striking out at historic rates, 
37.6%. He's almost striking out 40% of the time. That's just too much, dude. Dude, he's approaching 90 strikeouts. He's leading the National League in strikeouts. That's awful. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, another guy that just like has to get the bat and he, he's got to figure something out. Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees. This is just not the Glaber that we know is in there. And it's not the one that we've already seen from him. Like, we're not waiting to see him maximize his potential. We've already seen it. Like, it's happened in 2019 and 2020. Like, Labor Torres was easily a top seven shortstop in the game. But this is not a top 10 shortstop right now. So nope. when Glaber kind of figures it out, then we can reassess and talk. And the, what makes Glaber so valuable is the power, is the power from shortstop, especially that's what made him when he was playing second base, maybe one or two out of all second basemen in baseball at the time. When he, you know, in 2019, 38 home runs for the Yankees. And at such a young age, everyone was projecting so much because he wasn't a guy who's going to hit you 300 or play amazing defense, but the power is what set him apart. Right now, three home runs. And that's that's just not going to cut it. No. And the slugging, we're, we're basically a third of the way through the season, maybe even more at this point. Three home runs is not going to cut it. Maybe July and August, he goes on an absolute tear, and and I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe he could finish with 15 home runs. But yeah. you got to make up a lot of ground even to get to 15 to 20 home runs. And I'm just not super confident that this is in the cards from this year. I really, I, I'm so hit or miss on the dude. Hey, former Cubs farmhand Glaber Torres. He might pull a Sammy Sosa and just hit 22 bombs in, in a single month. That would be I mean, awesome. that would be amazing. Then maybe we reconsider him on the list. But he's for right gotta, now, we can't. He's just got to play the Orioles all the time. All the time. I mean, it's a good it's a good equation. Our next honorable mention is a guy. And, you know, these next three honorable mentions are ones that we are very bullish on, that, that we greatly enjoy. And like Baez and Glaber, these are – you know, fringe top 10 guys that were in, now they're out because of the years that they're having. Yes, sir. These next three are guys that wouldn't be honorable mentions that are in the honorable mentions because of 2021 seasons that they're having. And there's no more shining of an example than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa with the Texas Rangers. He's the 11th best shortstop right now. I think that's very clear to say. He's the AL leader in hits. He's 15 for 16 in stolen bases. And he had the confidence in himself to say to the Rangers, you know, fuck it, I want to play. Like, he's a yeah. catcher, a third baseman, and now the everyday shortstop and hopefully an all-star. This guy was coming up, and he was blocked by Elvis Andrews and Jerickson Profar. He said, where can I play? Where can I make the majors? And they said, catcher. Turn himself into a damn catcher. That's so hard to do. And he's then now he's back at his comfort position. He's a grinder. And the great thing about Connor Falefa, I mean, he's hitting almost 300. He, he, and he doesn't strike out that much. Only yeah. 16% strikeout rate and compared to some of the other shortstops on this list, that's less than a lot of them. The only thing with Connor Falefa right now, and the only reason maybe he might not be a definitive top 10 shortstop, because we have a guy in our rankings who, like I said, we'll just give him away now, Brandon Crawford, who's having such a good 2021 season. But kind of fluff record, but he has the, it has the track record. Five home runs for kind of fluffa and a three percent walk rate. Yeah, those are just the two areas which we hope could improve and would get you def- like if he had ten home runs right now, if he was walking at a really good rate, super high OBP, kind of hurts his WRC plus numbers as well. Yeah, then he would be higher. Maybe his expected stats might be a little bit better too. But overall, 
right outside, but still so, so good. We got another guy in the top 10 who's got like a 5% walk rate, but we'll, we'll get to him. Uh, JP Crawford somehow is in the honorable mentions. Like, how did this happen? JP Crawford was supposed to be so good and then he wasn't good. And now he's good. Like he won a gold glove last year and he's an above average hitter for the first time in his life. He's, he's too good to not be an honorable mention this year. I mean, he's always been such a good defender. He's still one of the best defenders at shortstop in baseball. And the thing with him is he's made obvious improvements at the plate. He's cut down on his strikeout percentage. His walk rate is is up. It's almost at 10%. He's hitting 275. And he's not slugging that much, but he actually has a better WRC plus than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at the moment. And what WRC plus is, it's, a, it's just a stat that, let 100 is major league average. Yep. And whatever percentage above 100, that's what percentage you are above major league average. So Isaiah kind of is at 106 and JP Crawford is at 107. 107 is 7% better than average. 106 is 6%. If you were at 90, you'd be 10% less than average. It's a good all encompassing baseball stat. All the plus so stats. Right all the plus stats I really enjoy. So ERA plus, OPS plus, WRC yes, plus. I like that because it's so easy and so palatable. 100 is league average. Under that, if you're at 99, you're 1% below league average. Jacob deGrom is 400% better than league average. Yeah, it's like, crazy. With oh ERA God, plus. Um, but WRC plus takes a lot into account. It's kind of the all-encompassing offensive stat. Yeah. That is the one that you know, takes in OBP, takes in hits, takes in your, your power numbers, takes in your base running numbers. WRC plus spits out. It's like a conglomerate of all your offensive numbers versus OPS plus is just your OPS um, versus the norm. So WRC plus a little bit more all encompassing. And then our last honorable mention, Miguel Rojas with the Miami Marlins. He, he's like sneaky, really good. I think he's just a he victim is. of nobody watching, including myself. I, I needed to be sold on Miguel Rojas, to be totally honest. Like I wanted Dansby Swanson and Andrelton Simmons and even Willie Adamas in before Rojas, but I, the number's too good to ignore over the last year and year and a third. He's been actually really good and above 280 for the last three years. And one of the cleanest, and this is just straight on the eye test. One of the cleanest defenders at short, he has buttery soft hands and he can whip it across the diamond. And when the WRC plus numbers are in the 120s, 130s, 140s, like they have been over the past two seasons from Miguel Rojas, he has to get some love. And he's, I cannot stress how good of a fielder this guy is. Yeah. The only problem is he's 32 years old, dude. Yeah. He's like low key, kind of old. Not even but low key. Like that's old. That's old. I mean, it's not old. 32 is not crazy old, but right now he is a top 15 shortstop. If you look at his offensive numbers and understand how fantastic of a fielder he is at shortstop. Yeah, for sure. Before we get into the top 10, you just got your ESPN blast of um, the Rangers hiring a new head coach, the New York Rangers, not Not a hockey guy, Uh, not a hockey guy. How about this? I am a soccer guy, but this is the ESPN notification that I just got. Headline is Ronaldo, not a fan of soft drinks. And the caption is Cristiano Ronaldo pushes two Coca-Cola bottles away in favor of water uh, after sitting down for his news conference at Euro 2020. They'll just push out anything, huh? Who gives a shit? Why did I get a blast notification about that? 
And the crazy thing is they typed that in and sent it to millions and millions of people. Just uh, what are they just clickbaity kind of stuff? I can't wait till this just baseball site launches because you're just going to get shit that is not clickbaity. You're not going to get it, it's probably going to be the worst titles and the best information because we want to make it as least clickbaity as possible. We're here for just baseball. We are not here for all the outside noise. Jack McMullen. That being said, Peter Apple, take us into the top 10 shortstops in Major League Baseball. Oh, I cannot wait. The 10th best shortstop in baseball is Bo Bichette of the Toronto Blue Jays. Bo Bichette is one of the smoothest dudes around. The hair flow, his hands on the infield, and his graceful swing make this guy so much fun to watch. And at just 23 years old, he's already cemented himself as a top four shortstop in the American League and an overall top 10 guy. He's played 138 games so far in his career, and his batting average is just under 300. He has 29 bombs, 16 stolen bases, but he just doesn't play that great a defense yet. But man, can the dude hit. This season, sixth in average, fourth in home runs, fourth in WRC+, and sixth overall in war. I would just like to see him put it together over a full 162-game season, which he hasn't done yet. It's not really his fault. 2020 was cut down, but that's another story. And I would love for him to improve a little bit defensively. But we may have ranked him just a little bit too low with how awesome Bo Bichette is. But this list is just so tough to crack. This list is stupid stacked. stacked it's just it's crazy stacked and like i kind of want to get i don't i don't think it's worth it for the other nine guys but like bo bichette this feels like we're short selling him i know it does but yet it's like everyone on this list is so good but then you look at bo bichette's numbers and you're like he's right there it's just he has he has he's never played a full 162 game season in baseball he just hasn't yet so I'd like to see him just put it and he's still 10 without that. Like we're not, we're not short changing you blue Jays fans. Don't worry. We know Bo Bichette. He's one of the smoothest, prettiest dudes around. We, we know, come on. We know. We got eyes up in Canada, man. We got eyes on the Toronto blue Jays. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, firsthand, I love Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Goriel jr. The, the oh, two I know guys you on that team that just don't get that love. I mean, obviously I love Vladdy. Obviously I love Bo Bichette. Kevin Biggio, so fun to watch. Alejandro Kirk, fun to watch. When Austin Martin breaks into that offense. I mean, they're the best offense in baseball for the next five years. The Blue Jays are better than the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Yankee. That's all we got to do. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees just lost two in a row in the Phillies. I'm not going to go on a big Yankee rant right now, but yeah, Blue Jays are better than the Yankees. From north of the border to the Bay, the number nine shortstop in the game right now is the San Francisco Giants' Brandon Crawford. Why the hell is Brandon Crawford on this list, you ask? Because as a 34-year-old, he's got the highest OPS plus of his career. He's already put together his second best power hitting season of his life. We're recording on June 14th. He's got 14 bombs. Ridiculous. And the glove is as good as it's been since his last gold glove in 2017. From 2014 to 2018, Brandon Crawford was an all-star caliber defensive wizard who could mash on the right day. He's doing it again this year. That's why he's on the list. Yeah, he's pretty good. 
He is good, isn't he? I mean, he's just having such a good start to the year, and the Giants are so good. You can't not have him on the list. But if you ask me my honest truth, do I think that this continues, and do I think no. that he's a top 10 shortstop at the end of the year? I would say no. But it would be incredibly disrespectful to not have him on the list right now because he's just doing that well in the field, at the bat, everything. And he's one of the leaders on that team as well. He's a champion. I, it is what I, it is. I agree with you, dude. Like, you know, my my initial thought was like, oh, like Brandon Crawford doesn't sniff this list because he's not the Brandon Crawford of 2016. But like the reality is this like year better. he does. Like right yeah. now he's a top 10 shortstop. Like it, it it's kind of crazy what, what Crawford and Posey are doing for that Giants offense. All all you need now is Hunter Pence. <laughs> like that's it. All you need is Hunter Pence. <laughs> <laughs> so we got another shortstop on cue. The eighth best shortstop in baseball. Meet my least favorite player. It's Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. Correa is so uber talented, but the guy can just almost never stay on the field. In his seven seasons so far, he's only played 115 games once. Am I being mean on purpose? Probably. But honestly, Correa is showing how truly talented he is this season. He's hitting for a high average. He's walking a ton. He's hitting a bunch of home runs. He's playing incredible defense. And he's striking out at the lowest rate of his career and has been healthy all the way through it. It makes sense that he's playing this well. I get it. but he's Because he, he's trying to cash in this offseason as he will be a free agent. And if he stays healthy this year, he's going to command a huge payday. This is a six foot four beast. Carlos Correa is fantastic, but me personally, I'm not the biggest fan in the world. If you were to build a shortstop, he would look like Carlos Correa or another guy who is a little bit higher on our list than Corey Seager, but these guys got the baseball bodies. Baseball, baseball bodies. bodies. Um, yeah, Correa, fun to watch, hard to root for. Um, and, and you know what, in real time, when he proposed to his girlfriend after they won in 2017, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Carlos Correa. Good for you. But like what, and what's tired is it's not the cheating, which is the reason why we hate these guys. Like that, exactly. It's, you know, when, when everybody comes at us in the comments and says, um, why do you guys hate these Astros so much? Like, that's kind of tired. Like, I don't think it's that tired. Like these guys turn themselves into villains and they're still villains and they're going to stay villains the entirety of their career. They just got immunity and then didn't really apologize and swept it under the rug. And we're also supposed to sweep it under the rug or we're soft for continuing to talk about it. And Hey, how about this for Correa? It wasn't just sweeping it under the rug and ignoring it for Correa. It was going after other people and calling them double down, dude. What? Like my least favorite player in baseball. I am not. I, I, and and we're, we we cut the bias out. Uh, did we? He might be higher than eight. I don't know. But in, he just doesn't play that much. He's, he's not usually healthy. And I think that's going to ding him, especially if he gets injured again this year, going into a huge free agent pool with Trevor Story and, and Corey Seager. Like you're competing against a lot of guys. A lot of teams are going to see the way you handled this situation. The fact that you can't stay on the field. I get it. Crazy, crazy talented. No doubt about it. Maybe a top five talented shortstop in all of baseball, but 115 games once in your entire career. I get it. You were, you played healthy throughout the entire 60 game season of COVID, but who knows? You might've gotten hurt later in the season. Right. Um, I digress. (laughs) Okay, th- this one hurts because I want him higher. 
you want him higher. Everybody wants him higher. But Francisco Lindor is only the seventh best shortstop in the game right now. And that's there's not much to like kind of sugarcoat this. Like he was so hard to place because when Lindor is right, he's the second best shortstop in the game. He's number yep. two. And it, I'd be really hard pressed to find a legitimate argument otherwise. He was and is and is absolutely worth the $341 million the Mets gave him. Yep. But he's just not right offensively right now. Like we're, we're putting these rankings together in mid-June. And in mid-June, he's not a top five shortstop in 2021. Let's talk about it again in September. Because if well below average for Lindor turns into slightly below average, you know, he's back probably into the top three, to be totally yep. honest. And at the end of the day, He's world-class defensively. That hasn't changed. He doesn't miss games. That hasn't changed. And he's as marketable as they come. We hate putting him this low, but this is just what has to happen right now. I was at the Padres-Mets this past weekend. We got to see Lindor. First inning, hits a bomb. And absolutely cranked it, by the way. The Mets won. Lost my Padres bet. Who cares? Nobody cares about me, but I did lose it. Not very happy. He has the cleanest hands at short. He is such, such a good defender and such a good leader in the clubhouse. Do you think there might be, I know he's not performing the best offensively, but do you think there's a reason that the Mets are atop the division with all of their guys hurt? Do you think there might be a guy in that clubhouse revving everybody up every day, keeping that clubhouse together? I know that he wasn't maybe a champion, a World Series champion with the Indians, but he's got that championship mindset and he's going to figure it out. He's easily one of the best overall players in baseball, but right now he is seven. You know, what's really fun about this list is that we've got like a ton of team leaders like Isaiah Kiner Falefa in the honorable mentions. But even then you think about Brandon Crawford, like Crawford and Posey are the leaders, Lindor, a leader. And then a lot of guys in this top five are leaders of their team. They are leaders of men. So it's fun. The sixth best shortstop in baseball is Trevor Story of the Colorado Rockies. I get it. You think this is too low for a guy who's been one of the best defenders at short and is a 30 home run, 30 stolen base threat every single year. Can we check his home and away splits for a second? Away from cores, he is a 245 career hitter and 35 le- 35 less home runs in a similar amount of at-bats. It's not enough to completely discredit him, obviously. Don't worry. But it is something of note to point out as he will be a free agent after this season. Yep. This year in 2021, he hasn't been that great. He hasn't been that great either. He's been banged up and he's only hitting about 242 without really much power at five home runs. Something that cannot be left unsaid, though, is how talented of an infielder this guy is. He ranks near the top of most defensive metrics, and that will always be a massive strength in his arsenal. Story has been one of the best shortstops in baseball since he broke out in 2018. But right now, he's at six because this list is just so damn talented. Trevor Story is a monster. But these five guys, we just think are a little bit better. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Trevor Story, like he's he's really good. And the Coors effect is there. It's not really there. Like you saw it with Nolan Arenado. Um, 
and how the Coors effect is just kind of BS with Arenado. Like you went to St. Louis and can need my personal thing. Yeah. I just think Nolan Arenado is a better hitter. Me too. So that maybe, you know, could be said DJ LeMahieu Coors splits, but Trevor story. I mean, he's a three Oh five hitter away at Coors field. And he's two forty-five at home. He's 35 less home runs. It's just something to note as he goes into free agency. Like for example, a guy like Corey Seager has great numbers um, at home and away from Dodger Stadium. And Dodger Stadium is a big pitcher's park. Trevor Story, on the other hand, is hitting in the best hitter's park in the world. And then when he goes away from it, he's not that great. That shouldn't discredit him totally, but it should be noted. You remember when Story was just supposed to be like the placeholder for a year or two for Brendan Rodgers after Tulo? And and Story like, oh, shit, Story's actually legit. But Rodgers is really good, though. Rodgers is really good. It's taken him more time than I think a lot of people were expecting. I think that's the point. It's just taken him a while. Right. And, and that top two in that draft was Dansby Swanson one, Alex Bregman two, Brendan Rodgers three. So with how productive Swanson and Bregman college bats have been in the time that it's taken Brendan Rodgers to mature, Rodgers is going to slide in and play a very serviceable shortstop and mash the ball at Coors Field. It just took him a lot more time than I think a lot of people were expecting. But the way that I'm going to view Story, this upcoming free agent offseason, like when he kind of gets into the bidding war with teams, I'm going to view it the same way as Troy Tulowitzki when he was at the peak of his powers. Because Tulo, yeah, certainly, Coors effect, right? But it's still fucking Tulo. It's yeah, but look what happened. Look what happened. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's going to happen with Story, because I do think Story is incredibly talented. But then again, so is Tua. And if you're getting into injury troubles, and you leave Coors and you sign a big, big deal, we'll see. We'll see. I'm so excited. White Sox fans, buckle in, baby, because Tim Anderson's in the top five. Let's go, TA. Tim Anderson, the fifth best shortstop in the game. Woo! The sheer marketability is just off the fucking charts. Love he that. and Fernando Tatis Jr. have face of the game type appeal. He made baseball on the south side of Chicago cool again. He gave the sport the swagger it needed so badly. He's hitting the ball harder than ever this year. He's spraying it to all fields. He's swiping bags, 12 exactly. And he's playing some of the best defense of his career. His problem was the throwing air early in his career. His problem was he wasn't getting his feet set. He wasn't that fundamentally sound shortstop. Now he's fundamentally sound and he's still really cool. He's the leader of the best team in the American League. This is another one of those leaders that we were talking about. Oh, and by the way, Miss me with that batting average doesn't matter shit. He won yeah, the batting yeah. title in 2019. He hit 322 in the COVID short in 2020, and he's going to hit 310 to 320 again this year. Suck it, world. TA and the Sox have taken over. I love that. Oh, God, that was great. That was great. I mean, Tim Anderson is a guy who's going to hit 300, and he's even walking more than he did last year. His WRC Plus looks good. He's He has six home runs, but he's never. We, we're not relying on him to be a huge power guy. It's, it's good to see a high-contact bat. And God damn it, if people, don't, if people keep saying batting average doesn't matter, I'm going to have an aneurysm. Batting average is a production stat. 
it matters how many hits per plate appearance you're getting. I understand that there's luck involved, but like the hits are what score the runs, which give you the wins. Yeah. It matters. And his walk rate is up. He's getting on base. He's in 341 on base percentage. Like that shit matters. Stop saying batting average doesn't matter. Don't be that huge contrarian who only cares about expected weighted on base average and projection stats. How about the production stats? Yeah. Uh, while you yeah, do four, damn right. Yeah. <laughs> while you do four, I'm going to go take a nap. I think I ran out of energy doing that. Honestly, you killed it. So <laughs> no, no shame there. But I'm about to get really hyped about the fourth best shortstop in baseball. It is Corey Seager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is who every team should be targeting as he enters the free agent pool next year. His 2020 season was absolutely amazing. And his 2020 postseason run was even better coming off a championship and a World Series MVP. When the lights are turned on, Corey Seager is that dude to rise to the occasion. Even in a down 2021 due to a couple injuries, he's walking a ton and he would be fifth at the moment in WRC plus if he qualified. We'd love to see him improve at defense at short. But the bat is just so damn good, you'll take whatever you can get from Corey Seager. He's entering his prime at 27. This is a former top prospect, and his advanced stats look really strong, projecting him going into the future. Corey Seager is going to be a free agent. Yankees, I'm looking at you. You better sign Corey Seager. Bang. I love Corey Seager. I don't care what people say. Maybe it's biased. Maybe he shouldn't be for. Screw you. Yeah, he is. It's our list, and I love him. If anything, Seager should be higher. (laughs) Like, Corey Seager. Make that argument. Corey Seager is MVP. Dude, he's such a fundamentally sound baseball player. Like, God, I love watching him. God, I love watching him hit that lefty swing. Oh. If you built a shortstop physically, you know, I would say Carlos Correa, like I want him to look like that. But in terms of playing the game, I want my shortstop to be Corey Seager. Like he is, oh God. And he doesn't make any unnecessary noise like Carlos Correa does. Um, Sometimes gets hurt kind of like Correa does. That's the only problem. He's dealt with injuries. But this is a guy who took the poke. Like I love, and we ranked... Walker Bueller pretty high as well. And maybe it's a Dodger bias considering that they're in the playoffs all the time. So all these guys get opportunities to rise and shine when it comes to playoff October. They're just gamers. October baseball. But they're gamers, bro. Like you don't get there without gamers on your team. And Corey Seager is that dude. Like come on now. Corey Seager is a monster. I've got a comp for Corey Seager here. And and hear me out on this. Um I'm comping Corey Seager to Luca Garza this past year in college basketball because no, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. If you like basketball, then you loved watching Luca Garza and you were like, Oh my God, he's the best player in America easily. If you don't like basketball, right. If you don't like basketball, you were going to watch Garza and be like, Oh, this is kind of boring. Like Seager does everything right. That's why Seager is so fun. Seager is like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that works too. Because, you know, people hate on Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi just has said some stupid stuff. Of course, Seager hasn't. But I'm talking about the kind of just underappreciated dog who does everything on the field or on the court. Like yeah. just an all-out all, all out great player. 
and exactly the kind of guy who you want spearheading your team. You want three? I'm going to give you three. Oh, give me three. Here's three. I'm giving it to you right now. Trey Turner with the Washington Nationals is number three. There you go, Pete. Tied for third with Fernando Tatis in stolen bases at 13. He led all of baseball in stolen bases in 2018. He led all of baseball in hits in 2020. And he's a career 300 hitter. He's taken a bit of a dive defensively over the last couple of years, but he's just an elite baseball player. The simplest form of being a position player in baseball is hitting the ball, running the bases, and fielding ground balls. He's one of the best in the sport at all three of those things. He hits the ball better than almost anybody in the league. He runs the bases almost better than anybody in the league. And he fields the ball almost better than anybody in the league. So Trey Turner, he is as complete a shortstop and as complete a position player that this game has. And he's absolutely a top three shortstop in all of baseball. You look around the league and you see all these athletic freaks running around and, and yet the shortstop in Washington is the fastest of them all. Mm-hmm. He, I love how you broke it down just to the simple aspects of baseball, even though his advanced numbers look great. But if you just look at the way you're supposed to play the game, he does everything at an elite level. And honestly, I think the thing is with all these top five, top six guys, you could all make the argument that they're all the best. That's how good Trey Turner is. You can make an argument that Trey Turner is a top 10 player in baseball right now. He's that good for the Nationals. Unfortunately, the Nationals just can't win to save their life, even though they have Juan Soto and Trey Turner, just the rest of that team. Max Scherzer is still amazing. It's just they're not as star-studded as they were in 2019. Yep. I love number two. Number two is on my uh, not a team that I enjoy, but God damn it, he's good. The second best shortstop in baseball is Xander Bogarts of the Boston Red Sox. This dude punishes baseballs like few players in our league and would be number one if there wasn't the biggest freak in the world above him. He has been one of the best hitters in all of baseball since 2018, and his ability to do so, ability to be so offensively gifted and consistent is something to marvel at. He hits for a decent amount of home runs, but the man is a doubles machine, constantly hitting balls off the green monster and spraying it in the alleys like every hitter should try and emulate. This season, he's tops the majors in pretty much everything. Batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, WRC+, and he's playing extremely good defense at shortstop for the Red Sox. This guy is headed for his third All-Star appearance and has an argument, just like Trey Turner, as a top 10 overall player in baseball. He's such a scary hitter to watch. As a Yankee fan, you know that he's going to at least make hard contact every single at-bat. Xander Bogarts is simply fantastic. And I love how disciplined he's been from age 20 to age 28. Mm-hmm. He is the most mature hitter on this list. Easily. Oh, yeah. And the defense has come around. He has progressed in a way that the Red Sox could only hope that he would progress because he didn't have the 45 homer potential. Yeah. All of a sudden, he kind of put it together. And like now, in a perfect world, like if he's seeing the ball right, he can hit 25 to 30. Like, that was only a glimmer of hope for Red Sox fans. 330 for him was only a glimmer of hope for Red Sox fans. But now he can hit 330. 
being one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. That was only a glimmer of hope for Red Sox fans. Now it's a real thing. Like he is exactly what the Red Sox could dream up for him. And literally you could literally chart, Hey, I want him to be this good at that. I want him to be this good at that. I want him to be this good at that, but chances are he won't get there in like, you know, five of the seven categories. Like he'll be really good at two of seven categories that we need him to be good at. He's great at all seven of those things, whatever all seven were like he panned out so well. And he's, and first of all, yes, panned out super well as as a top prospect for multiple years. And when I said he's a doubles machine, I think it's just so important because, you know, we both talked about it before. Doubles are at some of the lowest rate as a league wide that there is right now. And doubles are such a fun event in baseball it involves so much athleticism you got the runner running around the bases you got it in the alleys the outfielder has to make a good throw probably the cutoff man and it's just such a fun event within baseball and this is a guy who hit 50 doubles in a season this is a guy who he may not hit 40 home runs but he could hit 25 home runs and then give you 40 doubles as well that's why you always see his slugging percentage is so high because if he's not hitting a home run he's spraying it all over the ballpark this guy is such a professional hitter and but not quite number one. Are we going to get shit on for having this guy at number one? I hope so. I hope so too. And I don't care because Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best shortstop in Major League Baseball. I just want to walk you through his numbers. 192 career games to this point on Monday, June 14th. That is a regular season of 162 a postseason and like a couple of a couple of games in the first couple of days of April. El Nino has a 369 OBP. He's got a 969 OPS. In 192 games, he's got 58 homers, 142 RBIs, and is 40 for 51 in his stolen bases. He's got a career 161 OPS plus, a WRC plus of 153, an offensive war of 10.8 in 192 games. Across his career, his average exit velocity is 93 miles per hour. He's got a 23% line drive rate and 55% of his batted balls go up the middle. In 2021, he leads the NL in home runs and he doesn't even qualify for the OPS leaderboards. If he did, he'd be one of four with an OPS over 1,000 with Vladdy and the two Reds, Castellanos and Winker. The only baseball player that you could possibly compare him to of all time is Ken Griffey Jr. because of his immediate impact. He's 22 years old. He makes a lot of mistakes defensively. I have to throw this in there. He leads the league in airs committed, but he's selling tickets. He's getting people to turn on the TV, which they haven't done for baseball in decades since the steroid era. They're doing it again because we have the face of the game. We have a marketable 22-year-old Latin phenom. Phenom. And I, I, I can't think of somebody to better be the face of the game 
he is going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. I can promise you that. And he's already one of the most talented of all time. People are already saying that about Patrick Mahomes in football. If you're saying that about Pat Mahomes in football, you're going to say it about this 22-year-old out in San Diego. Fernando Tatis Jr. has changed the game fundamentally forever because every kid wants to grow up to be Fernando Tatis Jr. That is the single coolest thing you can say about the best shortstop and maybe the most talented player in all the game. He's A-Rod. He's A-Rod if A-Rod was more fun and A-Rod wasn't a steroid guy like this guy is. He's everything. He's got the power. He's got the speed. Yes, defense, I get it. I posted a, a pretty viral TikTok saying, give the man a second. He is 22 years old. He was born in 1999. Errors will happen in your first couple games of, this, of the year. Like errors happen as a young shortstop. Errors happen as a young player in this game. If, you, if you're getting on Fernando Tatis, get on Bo Bichette. Get on some of these other guys who are also young shortstops who maybe don't have the best defensive numbers, maybe making some errors at short. It's okay. By 25, he might be the best defensive shortstop in baseball. He has, already has the best arm over there. So all he has to do is just shore up the hands a little bit. You know, he'll go into the offseason. He'll take his ground balls. And guess what? He'll come back even better at hitting, and he'll wow you. He'll be one of the best defensive shortstops in the future. This isn't a guy who we project, you know, based on his talent level, is just going to stick at this level of defense. It's not going to happen. He's only going to get better, as we've seen him only get better. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the future. He's the present. And he's so reminiscent of all-time greats in the past. That was kind of beautiful by me, how I worded that. That was very beautiful. I, Wasn't it? I was gonna I, say that was poetic. off the top. I was going to say poetic, but poetic is very overused. So that was beautiful. You're right. We're Good poets, job, Jack. We're baseball poets. I also poets. don't think that any level of banter that we can do can like put a proper end to this episode than the, uh, than the Tatis rant that we just went on. So let's plug the socials and get the hell out of here. Follow Pete on Twitter at PeterApple23. Follow yes, me sir. on Twitter at Jack underscore McMullen11. Follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, um, at just baseball fans. Yes, Follow sir. us on Twitter at just BB Media or just baseball. Yes, sir. And don't worry, it'll all be in the description. And also, we have a TikTok mailbag coming out on our Thursday episode. It will be Arm and I rehashing. Also, Arm is very angry about Miguel Rojas not even being top 10. I mean, yeah, he's going to come on and he's going to scream into the mic about Miguel Rojas if you find that entertaining. If you want your questions answered from TikTok, go to our TikTok on the Q&A button, leave your questions, and we will answer them. That's all I got for you, Jack. And if people hate on Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't even care. He is, and again, he's another guy. We saw Padres Mets, and I know we were supposed to end the episode, but I got to talk about it. We just saw Padres Mets, and we just watched him. He hit, it was my first time really ever seeing a pimp job from Tatis yeah. in person. Oh my God, it gave you butterflies. He, it's just a different kind of electricity. And at 22, the sky's the limit for this guy. Until That's all I got. Peace. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>